Our reading for today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. And immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Amen. So our scripture this morning is a very familiar story. Jesus walking on the water. Uh, Peter, of course, joining him there. Uh, this is such a familiar story that perhaps there's a lot of things within it that, that we miss. And, it, it, and, you know, to be honest, as a, as a preacher, I think the, some of the points in the story seem a bit too obvious to really find something good to preach about. But, uh, <laughs> but we'll explore it a little bit and see if we can find out. Um, I do want to observe a couple of things. It really, uh, it really does kind of go hand in hand with some of the other texts that have been going on. Uh, Jesus is uh, spending... Jerry, will you turn this down? It's, I don't, I'm echoing back here, so... Uh, Jesus is uh, just come from feeding the 5,000, and that came on the heels of immediately uh, hearing about John the Baptist being beheaded by Herod, and that left everyone a little shaken up. And so they are uh, wandering around there, and Jesus is spending time teaching his disciples and showing to the crowds uh, the power of God that is within him. And at this time, right after Jesus feeds the 5,000, he goes off into the mountain alone to pray, and he sends his disciples uh, across the river, and he's, uh, across the lake, and he says, I'll join you later. I'm going to go be alone. I've had enough of you guys. <laughs> I need some quiet time. So... Jesus goes up the mountain to pray. And uh, in, Math- in the Bible in general, but particularly in Matthew, mountains always represent something significant. In- impressive things always happen on the mountain. People encounter God on the mountain. God reveals God's self 
on the mountain. Think of Mount Sinai and the uh, in the giving of the Ten Commandments. And then in Matthew, think of the Sermon on the Mountain where Jesus uh, lays down some, uh, some commandments there as well and reinterprets uh, some bits of the faith. And so important things happen on the mountain. And so here Jesus is on the mountain communing with God, having a conversation with God. And the disciples are out in the lake And a storm comes up and is shaking them. In the same way that mountains kind of represent God's uh, intervention, God coming into the world, the water in the Old Testament and to some extent in the New uh, represents chaos and, uh, and fear and unknown things. And in some cases, even evil. It was the Creator who came over the chaos of the wa- the waters of chaos and created, you know, the earth out of that. Land came up out of the water as God created, and God's people were delivered from uh, uh, from Pharaoh by the parting of the Red Sea and. God's over and over again we see God's dominion over the water and it's always symbolic of God's power over the over the powers of darkness over the things that would uh, create fear over the things that cause trouble in people's lives often water kind of represents that and God's power over that water is also demonstrated here in Christ as Jesus walks across these stormy waters as the storm rages that represents uh, in many ways the battle of evil and good going on. And here is the waters raging and Jesus calmly walking out to the boat. And of course, as we hear this, you know, the disciples are separated from Jesus, and as they see this figure coming toward them, they are frightened, as any of us would be. That seems a rational <laughs> response, but and they don't they don't recognize Jesus. They don't perceive him as the Jesus they have known. In fact, they think maybe it's a ghost. They think is this? They don't know is this is this some sign of ill or is it something or is it Jesus? They, and they think. It's something that is going to bring them, bring something bad about. And they don't recognize who Jesus is. But Jesus assures them when they cry out. And he says, fear not, for it is I. And uh, Jesus uses a phrase here, ina emi, which means it is I, basically. But really, it's the same phrase that Moses heard coming from the burning bush that declared to Moses God's name, I am. So it might be rightly translated, uh, 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 it is I am who comes out here. So what is Jesus saying to the disciples who are crying out, fear not, God is with you. Right? God and Jesus, as the incarnation of God represented here, comes out to them and says, Fear not, God, I am, is with you. I, it is I, and I am here with you. 
the word of comfort and a word of assurance that comes from Jesus in the middle of this story. However, that isn't good enough, (laughs) is it? Peter says, wait a minute, if it is you, Lord, Peter still doesn't believe him. He's not sure. He, He doesn't really recognize Jesus. He doesn't know for certain. Oh, you say you are God in our midst. You say that you are here to bring good things. You say that we have nothing to fear, but I'm looking around and I'm seeing the rough waters. This boat is going crazy. Andrew hit his head on the mast. Everything's going nuts around here. You say these things, but how do I really know they are true? If it is you, Lord, command me and I will come to you. Command me and I will, if it is you. Jesus says, all right, come here then. And Peter jumps over the rail and starts walking toward Christ. And of course, uh, where the story goes on, Peter looks around and realizes this was a stupid thing to do. <laughs> and sees the wind and the rain and the storm and begins to sink and cries out, Lord, save me! And it is that moment Jesus reaches and pulls him out of the waters. And miraculously, they're, they're back in the boat. The wind has calmed down. And Jesus is shaking his head, going, why, why do you doubt? Why did you doubt? All You have little faith. But of course, <laughs> they were not, uh, they didn't really hear that scolding. All They, they were just so impressed uh, that they worshipped. They declared together, surely, You are the Son of God. Um, And they were amazed. And some some folks see in in this picture of Peter walking out into the water and sinking down into the waters and crying out for Christ's salvation, for, for, Christ, for Jesus to save them. They see it as a, um, a symbol of our baptism. right? As we walk along the stormy seas and we plunge in, our, you know, our lack of faith, we plunge into the abyss and we cry out to Christ who pulls us back out of the abyss out of those waters into a new understanding, into a new life of faith. I don't know. I can see that a little bit. It kind of has that parallel there. Uh, But at any rate, here's this story that represents, you know, Christ's power over the elements. Therefore, God's power in Christ. The God who... uh, who controls the wind and the rain and the seas is also the God who is in Christ. And I guess, I, the, to me, the, the, the meaning of this text, or at least one of the meanings of this text, is very obvious. That, uh, that faith really requires, for a real good understanding of who Jesus is, it really requires that we get out of the boat that we step out and take some risk. That we must, uh, we must step out in faith to really know 
who Jesus is. Peter didn't really know who Jesus was until he climbed over the rails of that boat and got out into the stormy sea with Jesus Christ. We cannot know who Jesus is without stepping out in faith somewhere along the line in a way that insists, that demands that we must rely on God's strength through Christ to get us through those times, those moments, those struggles. In fact, one of our, in our identity statement as a church, one of the One of the statements we have in there is that we here at First Baptist Church see faith not as something you have, but as something you do. (laughs) Amen? Amen. That is who we are as as a church. We see faith as something that you do. And risk taking faith is what is called for to really understand who Jesus is. It was It was faith in Jesus that prompted Rosa Parks to sit down and not give up. It was was the faith uh, in Jesus Christ and what Jesus could do that sparked the civil rights movement. It was faith in Jesus that caused Oscar Romero to step out uh, as a bishop and stand up for the poor in El Salvador, which ultimately cost him his life as it did MLK, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., who stepped out in faith and led us to the civil rights movement we are still defending today. Amen. And it uh, it was faith that caused uh, 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 Dorothy Day to start setting up homes, uh, setting up rooms in 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 people's homes for those who did not have, who reached out to the stranger who, who started the, the uh, Catholic uh, poverty charity movement. Uh, it was faith that caused Mother Teresa to go to Calcutta and one person at a time address the needs of the poorest and most wretched in India, uh, trying to address a problem that became this worldwide effort to uh, address poverty and loneliness and whatever other disease issues uh, came up there. It was faith that kept Gene Robbins uh, in pushing toward becoming a bishop as a, the first Episcopalian, openly gay Episcopalian bishop in Vermont and to fight that struggle against that. It was faith that caused him to step out and say, no, I am called to be this, and God loves me. It is faith. It was faith. You know, we have the, big, these are big examples, but there's little ones too. It was, it was my faith in Christ that prompted me to turn in my resignation at a, at a church in Kent where I was the associate pastor because they had gotten so mean-spirited and ugly with each other as they fought over the issue of homosexuality. And I, I realized and felt a conviction within myself that I cannot, I cannot be neutral in this fight anymore. And despite <laughs> my, my pastor and my executive minister both told me, Curtis, you're, you're stupid. 
it takes 18 months for a clergy to find work. You have a, you have a family. You've got to support. But after praying with my family, I said I have to follow my convictions and step out in faith. I turned in my resignation. Long story short, I found work and everything was fine. <laughs> I ended up here, praise Jesus. I haven't really had to have my faith tested that much. Ernest Campbell, a pastor, a former pastor at Riverside Church, one of our, our big uh, flagship churches in the American Baptist uh, Church denomination, Ernest Campbell once said, perhaps the reason we are, the world seems to lack faith is because they're not doing anything that requires it. And what, what Reverend Campbell seems to be saying is that our shallow ineffectual faith is perhaps a product of our inability to take to step out of the boat and get out into the stormy sea where all we have is our faith amen we as followers of christ are called to risk taking faith the only and I, I uh, the only way we will truly know Jesus Christ is if we step out in faith and we get out of the boat. We can read about Jesus. We can study the Bible and learn uh, academically about Jesus. We can. Uh, we can even sing about Jesus. We can uh, talk about Jesus. A lot of people talk about Jesus. But to know Jesus Christ, one must come to a place where we step out and we rely fully and solely on the God revealed to us in Christ. Sometimes we have these things thrust on us, uh, and, and it, it's, not a, it's not a faith journey we choose. For example, my grandfather, uh, who was uh, a drunkard and a gambler and owned a rock quarry in Iowa, uh, he lost his son, lost his middle son, my, my father's brother, when he was 16, to pneumonia. And it shook my grandfather to the core who at that moment turned his life over to Christ and uh, at that moment decided to become a minister, sold the quarry, gave his life to Jesus, and became a Church of God and Holiness preacher. Very different denomination than ours. But, <laughs> but spent the rest of his life uh, as an itinerant preacher in the Midwest uh, out of that. He stepped out in faith because... He was, he was dead inside. And that was all he had left. Sometimes we have that stuff thrust on us. But for the rest of us, it is about saying, I'm going to take the risks. I'm going to follow the calling of Christ out into the wilderness. And I'll tell you what, we live in a time and we live in a place and we live in, a, in, a, in an era when stepping out of faith is what it's going to take for us to continue to be followers of Christ. Amen? I hope you see that. 
I hope you see that there's a sense of urgency in us as the body of Christ taking bold moves and boldly living out that kingdom of God that the world thought was so threatening that they had to kill the messenger who brought that message to us, Jesus Christ. And we're only going to get there. We're only going to know it. We're only going to be in relationship with this person we worship, Jesus Christ, if we can boldly follow Jesus, take up our cross, and follow Him in a way that requires a deep and abiding and risk-taking faith. Amen? Let us pray. A loving and gracious God, we hear this calling to faith not just as something we have, but as something we do. As something that prompts us. As something that forces us to risk much and to be boldly living out Your kingdom. Knowing that we can rely on You even in the midst of the storms, You save us. We thank You for that calling, hard though it may be. And we ask that You would give us the strength to answer. Christ, we pray. Amen.